The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, you dorks. This is Gunnar Hansen, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you are listening to The Dorkening. Hi, I'm Brian Johnson, and although you probably accidentally stumbled across it and have no idea why you're watching it, you are, in fact, watching The Dorkening. Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor. Uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time. And SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. You're watching The Dorkening. And you know what? You don't like me when I get angry, so don't get me angry. You better keep watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, and you're watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, it's Courtney Palm. We're shooting Death House, and you're watching The Dorkening. This is Anthony Michael Hall, and you're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned, my friend's going to show you what entertainment's all about, baby. The Dorkening. <laughs> Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Welcome, everybody, to yet another uh, live episode of the Shark Bites podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Rayle, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and uh, I have a very special uh, episode this week. As you notice, I don't normally go live on these, but when you have the opportunity that I have today, uh, you make exceptions. So joining me today on episode 51 is a filmmaker with uh, well over 100 IMDb credits, including uh, Bird Box, Olympus Has Fallen, uh, the upcoming Night of the Tommyknockers, I'm mean, sorry, the recently released Night of the Tommyknockers and Bermuda Island, and the upcoming uh, Arena Wars. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by Sherry Davis. Sherry, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm uh, I'm very excited um, because we linked up uh, about a week or so ago. We've been trying to hammer out a day to finally like sit down and chat and we were able to make it happen today, and uh, I'm excited to have you on a live episode. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you working with me on it. Like I said earlier, it's oh, it was it was a quick turnaround, so we can get some promotion done, and and I appreciate your help. Oh, of course. I'm I'm always as uh, anybody who follows either this show or Throwdown Thursday knows I am all about helping promote any independent creators on any level. Doesn't matter what you're you're promoting. Uh, because I have found, and I'm sure you can attest to this, and we'll we'll discuss this a little bit in a moment. Um, I've learned uh, through my own experience that independent films or lower budget films tend to have uh, a much more difficult shooting schedule and a lot yeah. more stress put on you. Oh, yeah. uh, is that something that you've experienced? Oh, yeah. From from all angles, you know, being an actress first versus 
being a crew member, but since I also work as crew and, and producing as well, I mean, it's absolutely, you know, one of our biggest struggles. Yeah. And you've got uh, that very unique experience where you've got, you know, you're on every side of the camera, you're on, you know, the production side, the direction side, you know, um, and especially on a smaller film. And I'm sure, you know, throughout your career, you know, you've had these, these moments where you have to wear many, many different hats, especially mm -hmm. depending on the budget. Oh, absolutely. With indie film, that's the whole thing. Like you have to be passionate about what you're doing because your funds are limited. You know, a lot of times, you know, the crew members are wearing more than one hat. Um, and even sometimes, you know, like for me, I, if I'm acting in a smaller role, not an everyday role, and I'm doing crew, I mean, you know, that alone is a lot. So, you know, kind of expand on that a little bit. Like when you're, when you're doing crew, like, you know, what do you, what do you do? Are you, are you, you know, rigging? Are you grip? Or are you like just production assistant? Like, are you in the office? Like, what do you, what do you do? Or what do you prefer to do? I've done a little bit of everything, but because I'm also a registered nurse and have been for many years, I tend to work as set medic. Um, with COVID, you know, um, these new positions, COVID compliance officer and COVID compliance supervisor came along and, you know, they, they wanted um, usually nurses in those roles, in those supervisory positions. Um, and then you're the rest, if you're on a big budget set, the rest of the, uh, the COVID officers are a combination of nurses and like PAs or maybe mm -hmm. associate producers or something. So, um, usually in that capacity is more so than anything. I've been uh, like a first and second AD. Um, I've been a second, second AD. Um, so I've done other other things as well. I've been PA on, you know, some bigger sets, but um, mm -hmm. the most experience would be um, as far as an active crew member would be as a set medic and as a COVID compliance supervisor. Now I've done, I've done, uh, I have my COVID compliance, uh, officer certification wow. and I've worked on, uh, a lot of films as, mm -hmm. you know, a COVID PA. So right. I, uh, no, I, I totally get you. And you know, when it's a smaller set where it's like, all right, you're the set medic, but you're also going to, you know, because you have your CCO, you can do testing. And because of that, like you can, yeah, like there's right. And, you know, it depends. It depends on the state. It depends mm -hmm. on, you know, are you union or non-union? Like the rules are always different. So, you know, you kind of got to find out in the beginning what you're signing up for. You know, I, I have a lot less um, of a role when I'm a big budget set because I get to only mm -hmm. focus on my role. So what like when I was um, COVID officer um, on a... Um, like the mask singer, you know, it, it, what was good was, I mean, I was only there to focus on what I needed to do. And I was having to like sit in an office and track the testing and things like that. Um, and other times I'm helping with the associate producer, like a crime show I worked on, I'm in an office with the associate producer and we're trying to get, you know, those people like, Hey, you, you know, you're supposed to be testing and, um, you didn't show up for your test. And I mean, you know, this we were we were just getting to open back up and we were dealing with high, high numbers. And mm. um, and then, you know, so the training that I had to do for all of that and dealing with like, you know, the the L.A. County things that are required by L.A. County and, and then being a nurse, the added responsibilities I have for reporting and um, tracing and things like it was 
it, it was not something you could wear more than one hat because you were working from the time your eyeballs open to the time they shut, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, most folks think, you know, all right, you know, you're on a film set, you know, depending on your role, you know, maybe you're there 10 hours a day. If you're the director, you know, maybe it's 10 yeah. hours, but if you're, but if you're, you know, COVID compliance or your locations, or you're just a regular set PA, you're there early and you're there late. Oh yeah. Because, yeah. I have to be first on set. As, as, as a COVID officer and as a set medic, and I have yep. to be out with tail lights because yep. if anybody gets hurt on breakdown and the, and the couple of times on indie sets that I was allowed to leave, they didn't, you know, when someone got hurt, it was on breakdown. So, you know, it's, it's gotta be like that, you know, I mean, it, it just does. It's part of it. It's, it's very long hours. People don't, and you know, they think it's everyone, you know how it is. Everyone thinks it's glamorous. Mm-hmm. You know, it, what's glamorous is what you see, you know, the finished product and the red carpets and the pretty outfits and all, you know, Getty images, you know, and it looks so glamorous, but it's all so much work. <laughs> Yeah, nobody, nobody thinks no one sits down at a at a, a premiere or like watches a red carpet and be like, man, I wonder if they help load the grip truck at 3 a.m., you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Or what time did everyone come, you know, from crew who was involved in helping set up your red carpet? Yeah. Or yeah. did you have to check everyone's Vax cards before they came? <laughs> yep. <It's- laughs> It's a, it is, it can be a lot of fun. Like it's definitely a lot of stress, you know, and I've only seen it from, you know, the, uh, mostly the PA side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned a position that, you know, the first time I thought I heard it, I was like, what? It's second, second AD. Yeah. For, for folks who aren't aware, like generally there's two, like there's the the first AD who's the guy who yells cut and action and all that you know for the director, mm-hmm. and then there's the 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 two second ADs. Mm-hmm. One of them's usually on set, and one of them's usually got the glamorous job of paperwork. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done so, a little bit of everything. I've been first. I've been second. Mm-hmm. I've been second, second. I mean, I've like I said, I've done. I, I'm not a like I'm not a technical person, so I, I'm not like a grip, a gaffer. You know, yeah. I'm nothing like that. I'm not a cinematographer. Um, I feel like I wear enough hats. I thought at times that I wanted to learn like cinematography and editing and and I should learn more editing being an actress and doing my auditions and things like that. But honestly, it's like, man, I've only got so many files in this brain, <laughs> you know, now. So and, and I save that for my lines. Honestly, I save that for my lines and keeping up with my um my nursing's licenses in various states that I carry them. So um, just keeping up with all of that, the CEUs and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. There's just always something, you know? So yeah, that's enough hats. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Now, is there, you know, that kind of covered one of the questions I was going to ask, you know, if, is there something that you'd want to do, but you know, you covered that. So if you're not directing, you're not acting, what do you, what do you prefer to do on a set? I mean, I prefer acting by far. Acting is my favorite. Um, Second, I love directing and I will probably continue to do more and more of that as we go along. I seem to be pretty good at producing 
I've discovered. So like, I'm not a part of PGA. And, and like I was talking to Michael and Sonny Mayhall, and I, I was like, you know, that's one of my goals for this year is to join, if not this year, next year, you know, to, to join PGA. So I'm really focusing on my producing a little bit mm-hmm. as well. Every, everyone, you know, including my ex, who I'm still good friends with, everyone's like, you're a producer, like everything about you. And, you know, my, my management background, my, you know, being a single mom managing this and a career and everything, I think it, producing comes pretty natural to me. Um, the most difficult side of producing is when you're fundraising, if you're trying to get funds together. Um, that's, that's a struggle as you know, for indie film, of course, mm. for any film, but especially for indie film, because, you know, like you, we said earlier, I mean, it's just, you've only got so much money to work with and so many days you shoot so quickly and so many more pages than you do on those big budget sets. So as an actress, it's, it's challenging as well because you are memorizing more pages. You know, I think about those soap stars as we call them. soap. I still call them soaps. Daytime dramas is what they Mm -hmm. were them or like them to be called. But I think about those and, you know, like I was watching like the 50th anniversary they just had for young and restless and, like um, Eric Braden was saying he's memor- the most he's memorized in a day was 60 pages. And that's too much. And, and that's the thing, like my friends who have worked on daytime dramas, that's what they say um, all the time is like, um, that's the thing you have to be able to be good at as an actor is memorizing lines. And I think as we get older, um, our memories, they they do. Unfortunately, no matter what you do, it's just part of the aging process. And I'm always very honest about everything. And so, you know, used to, I could read my lines, I could write them down a few times. And then it was like, I'm ready. Let's go mm-hmm. turn the camera on, baby. You know, because the acting side of it is, is not um, in any way a struggle to me in any way. Like, I mean, um, I feel confident in that area. It's it's now like, oh, wow, I have to shoot 18 pages today, you know, and that's when I'm kind of like, oh, shit, <laughs> is there any way to break that up? Or can you like shoot one of my scenes, then do another, and then we do that next scene, you know, if it's a different setup, is there any way of breaking it up? You know, I mean, because, you know, you've been on sets. Like, I mean, that's, I, I'm very realistic about it. I, I mean, Oh yeah. There's just times that you're just like, you know, at some point your brain just goes, you know, cause it's not the, Oh, we lost each other. <laughs> you're back. You're back. Um, but you know, theaters, I feel like theater is so different because you know, you're doing that same thing over and over and over. And, and, and that's completely different than you, you've got one time when you're working, yeah. when you're working television, it's one time. You're not doing that over and over and over. Maybe a few takes, but you know, you're not you're not doing the same show every night after night. So right. different. You know, if, if you're doing it every night, yeah, the more you do it, the more it's gonna stay with you, obviously. But when you go from this show and then you go to that show or this movie and then to this movie, then it's 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 very different, especially if you're working these indie sets where you're shooting so many pages in a day. Yeah. And yeah, it, I can't imagine sixty pages. Like no, I can't imagine eighteen. No. Like eighteen. Is, like that's the, uh. <laughs> now speaking as uh, uh, as far as your your producing uh, mm-hmm. style. 
I have a friend who I have worked with, uh, and she's a phenomenal producer. And one of the things she always says, and I appreciate this, and I'm sure you can uh, appreciate this as well. She goes, there's two things you don't mess with, the food and the money. So she That's always right. makes sure we're well-fed and we get paid as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's the best way to keep people happy. Yeah, yeah. But organization is a big, big organization, mm-hmm. communication. Um, like those are two big, big ones because time is money. Mm-hmm. If you're not organized, you, you know, and you're going to run into problems, you also have to be able to um, resolve problems quickly. You always have to be looking for a solution or have, if you think some, you could run into an issue with something, you better have a backup plan. You better be ready to go with whatever it is to fix that. Um, so yeah, there, it, producer, I, I feel like producer is the hardest job in film. I mean, I, I honestly do. I, and, and television. I mean, people don't understand what producers like really, really do. True producers, you know, they're putting it together from the very beginning until it's out, you know, yeah. and people don't understand that. They just see producer, producer, producer. And you got to think like, just like right now, everything has Reese Witherspoon's name on it. Have you noticed that? Like producing a lot. Yeah. Big time producing, you know? Um, and, and I mean, kudos to, to these people that do that or wear more hats, you know, like Taylor Sheridan, you know, acting, mm-hmm. writing, producing, like, you know, he's done everything as well. And it's paid off because look at where he is with all the hard work he does, mm-hmm. you know, with Yellowstone and all the spinoffs. Um, but yep, it's a crazy world. <laughs> I just want to show these comments again. Uh, oh, okay. and Colleen, uh, she said, you put on a lot okay. of hats, but it's important to master the few you wish to wear the most, which is Absolutely. exactly what you were saying. Absolutely. Uh, and then she had a nice compliment for you. She said, you are such an inspiration. Aww. That's so much work and effort. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those, like, when somebody does recognize your hard work, it's, it's so appreciated because it's such a thankless thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the crew work is such a thankless thing. And that's why, like, the crews that I work with over and over, like the Mayhall films, for instance, Mayhall Empire, um, that crew is my family. Like we know about everyone's lives, kids, like we, we truly like know one another, love one another, know everyone's birthdays. You know, we know where everybody's working if we're not working. And it's, it's so great, you know, to have that because we're the only ones, you know, we're on set before it starts and when it's over and and actors as an actress, which is my main job I do as an actress, you know, I come in, I do, I, I do my job and I go home. I don't have to think about anything else about being ready for the next day of shooting and do my scenes. And then I go home, but that crew is there the entire time. And I can, I can definitely speak to the fact that, you know, when you have a good relationship with your crew, mm-hmm. um, that's when you bring out the best in them. Like, cause I've been on sets where I've had people like, geez, you know, I'm doing my job, but the director is not inspiring me. And I've been on sets where, you know, big budget sets uh, and someone that we had on, uh, on the last episode brought this up. Cause I worked with him a few times talking about um, a director. We both worked with last year. Alexander Payne mm-hmm. is a gentleman with two Oscars but knows everybody's name, 
knows everybody on set, knows who everybody is. Uh, and the story I always tell is at the rap party, I was I was COVID on that. I was a COVID PA. I spent almost no time on set. A very famous job. <laughs> I was always at base camp. Yep. And at the night of the rap party, I was walking up the stairs and he's having a conversation with someone. He sees me, sees my wife, stops his conversation, walks over, says, hi, you must be ashes. I'm Alexander and extended his hand to shake her hand. He knew who my wife was yeah, based on his a, homework. Yeah. Just based on a couple of conversations that he and I had had. Yep. Over the course of three months. And That's called respecting your crew. Mm -hmm. You know, respecting your crew, respecting the fact that they are there helping bring this into fruition day yeah. in and day out. And, and, you know, if you don't have, if you don't respect your crew, I mean, it, word gets around. You're an asshole in this business. Like, I mean, it gets out there. Um, so, yeah. I, I, and I, I feel as an actress that I wish more actors would realize the importance of the crew. Like they're making you look good. Yes. You know? So, and, I, and I'm speaking more as a crew member now because that's mm -hmm. how, how we started. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that is also what makes me a better actor is I understand how all of that works. And mm -hmm. if I come in and I'm acting and I'm not crew, this is, you know, I'm just actress. I be, I'm always thankful to every single crew member on there and just being polite. Like some actors are just jerks on set, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, why, you know, and, and, and usually it's the ones like you look them up and it's like, Oh, they have three credits. Like who, who do they think they are? You know, like yep. everyone here is making you look good. Like they're ma they're making this happen. So I, I just, I don't know. I think everyone needs to be more appreciative of one another on a set, you know, sometimes, but. I completely agree. And, and you know, sometimes it's like, I've never had a problem like approaching someone because I feel, and I've been reprimanded about this uh, on occasion. Bring where, closer here. <laughs> Some folks are like, you know, no, this this is a set. This is like a military type thing. You know, there's a strict hierarchy. Mm -hmm. But I look at it as we're all coworkers. Now it's easy for me to say that, but right. you know, I can I have no problem approaching someone. Hey, what's going on? How are you doing today? Again, the same the same film I was talking about, the holdovers. Uh, it was actually the anniversary today of. Uh, Paul Giamatti made a get well video for my dad who had just been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, like he, he did that out of the kindness of his heart right. because my dad was a big fan. Like, right. like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, I really, you know, and I'm like, you know, feel free to say no to this, but, and he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so like guys like that, he, he was already one of my favorite actors. Now that just, I <laughs> put them up to a, a different when you put the fact that that they're human like, yes and and they truly are like you know my experience with kevin costner you know was fantastic um on on yellowstone the day that i got to be on set you know it was amazing mm -hmm. and, and i just i i tell how he walked around to every background actor including a special needs young lady who was on a a walker you know that you sit down on as well and he he was like, hold on, hold on a minute. And he, and he walked up to her and it was cold and he walked up and he 
shook her hand and he said, you know, and he did. And he walked around between all the background and, and was shaking people's hands. And thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you being here. I know it's a cold day. And, you know, the little girl, like he asked, you know, the special needs young lady, he was like, can I give you a hug? You know, I mean, it's like. You love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and it's, we need more of that. You know what I'm saying? We need more of that. And when you show that to people and you're like, this is who I am. This is, you know, I have these accolades. I have this, you know, this, you know, uh, long history of working with all these talented folks, you know, but you're still like, I appreciate who, you know, who everybody is on set and on the job that they all do. Right. Um, it makes you want to emulate that behavior. It's like, okay, this person has a lot of success and this is how they're treating people. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I treat people this way, you know, I can get this level of success because it's not, you know, talent and drive and determination will take you uh, as far as you can go. Your willingness to learn, your willingness to and listen. Know what you don't know and ask questions. Don't just assume you know how to do everything. Right. That will drive you to higher places because people will still will want to work with you. You know, I've I long stand by the the uh, phrase uh, proficiency without passion is the death of art. Because oh yeah, of, yeah, that's one of the ones I love as well. Yeah, you can just tell when someone's phoning it in and like. They're, it's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm doing this job. I am technically proficient at doing my job, but I have no real connection to this role or no real connection to this specific job, this duty, whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here to fulfill a contract or I'm just here to right. get my check. Right, right. So you have done, like like I mentioned, you have a very extensive IMDb page. Mm-hmm. Uh, filled with all kinds of different movies. And like you're talking about, you know, working on Yellowstone and working on, you know, uh, uh, The Mass Singer, I believe is what you said, mm-hmm. uh, in various capacities. You've got uh, two more films uh, that just released, like we mentioned, uh, Night of the Tommyknockers and uh, Bermuda Island. Right. You've got Arena Wars, which is upcoming. Yes, I'm excited um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that one, because that's one that I'm not familiar with. Not that I expect to be familiar with every well, it's not out yet. Yeah. So. Right. It's it's not out yet. So um we shot that in Las Vegas. And um it's a I think people have that worked on it have compared it to the running man, I think it was. Okay. And and it's been so long, I don't even honestly I should go back and watch it. Um but John Wells is the lead actor and he is an incredible actor. And um, we have like a professional female fighter in it. And it's, it's very kind of hunger games in a way. Like my character is Holly days, which is, you know, I had, I had really bright, vibrant hair and over the top outfits like Effie on hunger games was kind of what I was channeling for that. But, you know, she was so over the top and outrageous. And I got to, you know, walk onto this big stage where they were going to fight it out and be like, Hey bitches, you know, and just, just be over the top and, 
and crazy with outfits and, and just fun makeup and things. Like I said, it was very Hunger Games for me, you know. Um, so it's it's fun. It's a it's a fighting fight to survival kind of movie, you know, good and bad. And, and you know, it's one of those like I could see a sequel being done, you know, honestly. Um, there are things that have been done that have been done like it. But um, I to me, honestly, like I've watched all of the and I work with, you know, Michael and Sunny Mayhaw all the time. And um, to me, everything I've worked on and everything I've seen them do, Arena Wars is by far my personal favorite. Like Tommy Knockers is fun too. Night of the Tommy Knockers, you know, Richard Grieco is the lead and mm -hmm. you know, one of the stars of that one. Um, that's fun too. Horror Western is is a great thing to mix. I love both of those. So you put those together and I'm just like, hell yeah, I'm on, <laughs> you know, like, can I ride a horse? Can I shoot a gun? You know, being from Texas, you know, and I haven't got to play that aspect yet. I didn't do that on Tommy knockers, but um, yeah. Um, Arena Wars. I'm really excited for that to come out. You know, we had, we had a lot of fun and we had a, a, a lot of people on the cast, but it was a great cast, you know, uh, and, and a great story. It seems like it's in the same vein as, you know, like you said, Hunger Games and The Running Man. Right. Uh, some other folks might liken it. Like the first thing I was thinking was uh, Battle Royale, which was the predecessor to both of those. Uh, okay. sorry, I have no, to Running Man was watch first. some of these now. Familiarize uh, myself. Battle Royale is the, the uh, I believe, the Japanese version uh, that came out in the mid-90s. Because it had uh, Chiaki Kuriyama, who played Gogo Yabari in uh, Kill Bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, she was a prominent character in in that, which kind of got her very similar role to the Gogo Yabari role. Right. Um, but, That's you know, cool. obviously, and those are all spinoffs of Surviving the Game. Or the most dangerous game, I'm sorry. Surviving the Game was the movie that they made with... Uh, Ice T and Rutger Hauer and Gary Busey based on that story. A little closer here. Change it up uh, a little. Here we go. Oh, and Colleen says Arena Wars sounds sounds amazing. I'm excited oh, to see. Oh yes. It. I guess costumes and makeup for sure. The fighting. The fighting is fantastic too. The stunt, you know, the stunts, the the fight choreography, like it, it's it's fantastic. So is there somewhere that you have not yet filmed that you would like to, and what has been your favorite location uh, to work in? Whether you were, you know, regardless of your role, what was yeah. your favorite place to work? Favorite place was by far Vieques, Puerto Rico, where we shot Bermuda Island. I, I mean, hands down, it just, I mean, I think they shot Lord of the Flies there, maybe. Okay. Um, it, it's just, it was magical. Um, absolutely magical. Um, I've never seen anything like it. And it was, um, um, it's one of the seven wonders. Um, it's got, uh, I think it's, it's called a, what is it? A bioluminescent bay or something like that. Um, which is like, we, and we happened to the first night we were there was before we were filming and we happened to be there at the perfect time. And you go out on these glass kayaks, glass bottom seat, you know, kayaks, two in each one. It's pitch dark. You can't see a dang thing because you're so far out. You know, the stars are the only thing. It's just, you know, stars. It's amazing. But you want to go when there's no moon. And we happened to be there when there was no moon. It was it was covered. So you're out on the water and 
you put your hand in the water and it glows. Oh, and the, like the, the like blue. a solar system, the water yeah, yeah. The solar system and it glows. So you're doing this and your paddle is glowing as you're like doing this. And, and, then, like, <laughs> and this was the crew. This was a lot of us from crew that went together. So it was, we were all experiencing it together as well, which was That's so cool. Absolutely incredible. Um, and and then, you know, like the, the, the guide was telling us the story and telling us about how it's preserved and, and you know, the, the history of the island, you know, when the military left. And there was all these like wild horses all over the islands, all over the island um, and roosters and, and iguanas. And I mean, it's just part of it. Like you open your door and, you know, you've got a goat at your door and you've got a horse that you're on your porch and, and, and they act like, hey, you know. I'm here, like, let's hang out, you know? <laughs> so like you're so acclimated yeah, to people. The day was, oh, man, I mean, literally one of the best experiences of my life. But the um, the guide, he would be like, you know, he's telling the story and you're into it. Like, it's amazing. And then he bangs on the bottom of the boat and these little like pink glowing fish that are round start popping up out of the water and pop into your boat. I mean, it was just incredible, you know, absolutely incredible. Um, taking a, a bath in an old timey bath on a roof in San Juan with a thunderstorm around me with a beer That's in my cool. hand. Doesn't get much better than that either. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So where after experiencing that, mm -hmm. short of going back there, where yeah. else would you like to film that you've not yet filmed? Oh man, that's a tough question. I, I really I love nature. Like I, I love nature probably. Um, it, I'm definitely more for the tropical, you know, mm. kind of thing. So, so like Iceland or Norway or anything like that. No, I'm not so good <laughs> on the cold. I, I have a film, you know, that you and I were secretively talking about with one of our people we'll, we'll bring up in a minute. Um, I have one that we're going to be filming in snow. <laughs> And, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, the role is great. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to have, you know, like on Tommyknockers, it was so super cold. We were desert cold in the winter and wet. So mm -hmm. I had like the heated vest and the battery packs and the heated. Those are so good. And I had the little, you know, you've been a PA. I had the little things you put all in your pockets and I was so freaking and in my shoes and I was so cold. I was putting them against my skin and I was covered in burns because I was, mm. it was like two degrees one night. Like yeah. it was crazy cold. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I want to go somewhere, which we did have a waterfall. I wasn't there that day of shooting. Mm. Um, but I want like Hawaii. I want the big, like extravagant, gorgeous waterfall. You know, like I, I want, you know, the whole fantasy island thing. Like yeah. I, I want to film somewhere like that. You See, know, I, I want to go to, I've only filmed, I've only worked in Massachusetts. Technically, I did one day in Rhode Island, but it was like just over the border. So I don't even yeah. really count that. But Rhode Island's uh, so small. Yeah. And I mean, I did I did get to spend last year uh, three and a half weeks in Provincetown uh, doing a film. And mm, if you're <laughs> not familiar, I don't know if you're familiar with Provincetown or not. I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the, the Northeast Coast. It is the very tip of the arm of Massachusetts. Okay. And it is. Um, so when 
all the the states around here when they were, they were first getting settled one of the rules was uh if you were to incorporate a town you have to build a church in the in the dead center and then build a town around it around it yeah and the first town to not do that was provincetown massachusetts and oh. they've been uh bucking trends and breaking norms ever since gotcha gotcha like, you want to see a drag show that's where you go oh yeah i got you yeah, yeah. It, i would say the other one would be like i loved like black hills south dakota mm. you know like um like deadwood you know like that area that black hills area like mm -hmm. that was like so stunning to me as well but i mean I'm dying to work on a full on out Western, you know? So like, I know Arizona's a big area that they shoot a lot of the Westerns now. Like I, that's another type area or location I want to do, but my favorite thing is tropical. You know, I would love to film in like Italy or Greece, you know, mm -hmm. as well. Um, because, and, and, and it's not just the beauty of it, but it's, it's, it's the, um, the history. Yeah the history and, and the kind of, you know, um, being built on water and just the whole, you know, that part of it. Um, and you know, I, I can, I just, I can do cold. I love snow. You know, I spent two months of COVID, you know, when everything was on shut, shut down up in the big bear area in a cabin mm -hmm. with water. And I love snow. I love to look at it. I love to be in a cabin. I grew up camping and doing all of those kind of things. So I can do it. It's just a matter of, um, I don't love being cold. <laughs> so. yeah, I, I don't mind it. I'm used to it. You know, being from Massachusetts, yeah. um, I, I don't mind, you know, being, uh, I tend to be more at ease when it's like, I'm wearing shorts right now. Yeah. Um, when it's about 50 degrees, I'm like in my glory, but like some of the weather that we have up here, like I describe it to folks who've never been here. It's like, have you ever been in a blizzard and had a thunderstorm at the same time, like yeah. lightning and thunder? And, and I have, I just did that in Flagstaff and was stuck on the highway all night. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. It, it, it's, no, like, it's, it's not fun at all. <laughs> it's yeah. like Lewis Black said, they didn't have weather like that in the Bible. Um, <laughs> but if if yeah. I if I could film anywhere, there's like a couple of places like I would love to I'd love to see the pyramids. I'd love to yeah. you know, go to Hawaii. Um, I would love to film in say, you know, England. I'd like to you know see some of the the, the historical stuff in England. You know, lock you know, you know Stonehenge, Loch Ness. You know, any all that stuff ah, in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. Like that'd be great. Um. Colleen jumped in. Colleen said, uh, Portugal has those crazy oh, colorful yeah. wild forests. That's a cool one, too. That yeah. would be a cool one. I have yeah, to work on getting my, my passport first. I haven't even been to Canada, so oh. I'm getting into this very late in the game. I only started doing film uh, about a year and a half ago, so <laughs> it's I'm very late in the game. I turned 42 in a week, so... <laughs> Hey, you know what? You've only got one life. It's like you want yeah. to do something. You have dreams. You have goals. I mean, mm -hmm. you're the only person that can make it happen. Right. So it's yeah. never too late. Never too late. Yeah. I came into this later in the game, too. You know, I mean, being a nurse, being a single mom, I, you know, I'd worked in the oil industry. I had a, uh, gosh, oil, 
oil. Um, I've been a medical device and pharmaceutical rep. I've been a nurse. I've owned a med spa. Um, I mean, I've, I've been a, you know, bedside nurse, um, you know, for 20 years. So um, that's, I've done home health. I've done hospice. I've done, you know, I've done a little bit of everything, you know, I feel like, and you know, the thing is when I kind of feel like I'm getting burned out on one, it's time to move on. It's time to do something mm -hmm. else. You know, uh, like you were kind of talking about people. It, it's almost like you come in, you clock in, you leave like a robot, you yeah. know, turn around and you do it over, over and over. Um, and, and I think people to make a change, like if you're in so miserable in an occupation, for instance, I understand if it's survival, you know, right. like I think about, you know, my parents, my grandparents, you know, generations above us. But at the same time, you know, if you're that miserable, you got to figure out a way to get out of it. You know, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. If you're miserable, mm -hmm. you're miserable in your professional career, you're miserable in your relationship. Sorry, it's the truth. Like you got to figure out what to do to change it, to make yourself happy, because you can't depend on someone else to make you happy. You know, right. it all starts right here, you know, and that's why me coming into it later in life, like you have, you know, um, I, I, you know, I fell into it by a complete mistake, like complete mistake. And then I just, I, I never wanted to be in front of a camera. My, my older daughter was a child actor. I had, my ex was an actor as well. I, I was the person behind the scenes, like, Hey, you have an audition. We got to do this audition. Like I, I did not want to be in front of a camera. Like I was too self-conscious of myself, like way too hypercritical of myself. It's just my upbringing. It, it was, it was, you know, everyone has those things. And that was my thing was I'm very hypercritical. You know, my ex would say, quit talking about my girlfriend like that. How I my, wife, my wife says stuff like that to me. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about my husband like that. That's see that you got a good one. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Because you know, that was life changing for me having someone like that to say those things to me, because you know, you hear it enough, mm -hmm. you start to believe it. You, and you, and you've got it, you've got to, you know, do whatever to make the change, you know, and, and, and you still have to survive. And that's why, you know, everybody, a lot of people, Still, I'm not going to I mean, 99% of people in indie film still have still have jobs. You yeah. know, it's you, you have to you have and you know, I could never be like, you know, I lived in LA the past several years. I'm in Texas right now because I moved back to take care of my mother who had cancer and passed a little over a year ago. I'm sorry I was, to hear that. Thank you. I was back and forth to take care of my grandmother who passed just before that. Mm. So um, I knew that, um, I was going to, all my stuff is in storage in LA. I kept an apartment for a while in Burbank because I work in both. And I just finally was like, you know, um, I can now do what I do from anywhere because mm -hmm. you know COVID changed that as well, where we do more video auditions now than we've ever done before. And I, I mean, I fly several times a month, like all the time. But, you know, being able to, um, you know, the cost of living for the weather change that's now happened in L.A. and a lot of businesses being closed and that kind of thing, like unless you need to physically be there, you don't really have to be there. It's one of those I feel like now people want to say, oh, I live in L.A. I live in L.A. Yeah. You know, or you want to be seen at all these like red carpets and these events and whatever. And what people don't realize is when you're at every single thing there, you don't look important. 
you're you're always everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, so and so is going to be there. They're always there. Oh, but guess what? We haven't seen Sherry Davis in a while, and she's coming tonight. Like you know, mm-hmm. and I'm throwing it out there, not like I'm anybody. I'm just using that as an example of. Right. You know, it's like it's, you know, the big actors who don't they don't show up at every every event. If they can be there to support their movie or someone in the industry, they're really good friends with, you know, they're there to support. But um, otherwise, they're out working, mm-hmm. you know, they're out hustling their next gig or getting ready for their next gig or, or, you know, on a production or spending time with their family because they know they're about to be gone for three months on a movie. Right. And then it's it's kind of like, you know, how, you know, every few years, Daniel Day Lewis will emerge to grab another Oscar. Like, you know, when a oh, when one of his one movies of comes out, it's like, oh, OK, let me I, I got to make sure I, I check this out, you know, because he's not someone that's, you know, in everything. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with getting consistent work and just, you know, like, I love these projects. I want to work on them. You know, Sam right. Jackson is in everything. But no one's no one looks at him like, oh God, another it almost, Sam it Jackson. Like it diminishes the value of the actor, I feel like, as well. If they if it's something that it's like, oh God, another one of these, like, oh, like they're just like, you know, chasing a paycheck. Yes. Right. right. Yeah, and no, I feel I, like, and you know that I feel like that even with the indie world, you know, which I'm mainly in. Um, even with that, you know, we have some of these, these guys and and gals, actors who were, were super famous at one point, they were A-listers, um, or high B-listers. And, and now they're on every indie film there is over and over and over. And it's just like, oh, I have so-and-so name on my film, but guess what? That person's on 20 indie films this year. And, and that, you know, and to me, you know, it's, I mean, it's it's great to work with those people, but at some point, we go. We lost each other. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're back. Let me see. Let me close this little window. Um, so yeah, so there's that too. But you know, again, you have to survive. You know, they're they're not working these big big films anymore, or these big television productions anymore, and they've got to survive, and they've got to keep their their SAG, you know, up to date and. Mm-hmm that kind of thing. So it's just like any other occupation. You got to keep working. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I don't begrudge anybody. It's like, again, if it's something that you would enjoy, I mean, like you have, you know, the, the one guy that everybody brings up who I would love to work with, because I'm a huge fan, Nick Cage. Everyone's like, Oh man. It's like, he was in a ton of movies the last few years, but like a lot of people skip them because they just have this preconceived notion and it's like it's like oh i'm not gonna go see that as nick cage and i'm like i'm I'm like academy award winner nick cage is that who you're referring to Mm -hmm. like like he had you know for every like willie's wonderland or you know mandy or color out of space you know like these wild psychedelic trips you know and even like willie's wonderland which if you haven't seen it it's amazing he doesn't speak a word throughout the entire film but he's still so good in it. But for every one of those, you get Pig. Like Pig was uh, maybe his best movie ever. And I'm a guy who really likes it. Uh, Nick Cage. Okay, now it looks like we lost each other. 
Oh, that's no good. Let's see if we can finagle something. I don't know if I did something on my end or let me take a look. Oh, we lost her completely. She'll be back in a moment, I'm sure. So yeah, to kind of touch on that while we wait for uh, Sherry to come back, um, there are a lot of times where, you know, if it's just something uh, something that you want to do because you really enjoy it, like there's nothing wrong with like, oh, I'm going to do a lower budget film, you know, or I'm going to take on this crazy wild role because I want to. Not because, you know, I feel like I should be held to a different standard. You know, it's kind of like what we were discussing earlier where, you know, people are people, you know, like if you want to do, if you want to do the, uh, the movies that you want to do, work on the projects you want to do, like go for it. You know, it's like, oh, I want to try my hand at directing, you know, I'm not the best director, you know, or certain people want to really get into their roles and really uh kind of delve into the 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 nuances of filmmaking like we were discussing uh daniel day lewis earlier um <laughs> uh daniel day lewis uh earlier he did a movie where he was playing a carpenter or something and he ended up joining the union Oh, we got Sherry back. Hi. Yeah. I have no we idea. We got you back. I it's have okay. No idea. I shifted a little bit. I moved things around. I am so sorry. No, no, it's it's all right. I was able to just, you know, keep talking. And Colleen <laughs> said uh, she got frozen on a very pretty face. So oh, that, well, good, that good, worked good. out. It's been, it's been a long day of interviews and everything else. So I appreciate that. It's late. <laughs> No, we, I was just saying how, you know, when you, when you're working on, you know, doing all kinds of different things, um, like Daniel Day Lewis for one of his films to really get into the zone, um, uh, ended up working as like a set builder and like joined the union so he could like construct sets and stayed in the union and paid dues for 20 years. That's like, awesome. I love that. Like, that's such a cool story where it's like, you wouldn't expect that, you know? And again, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a big Hollywood hotshot, but like, you know what? I really want to do this low budget, like monster movie. Like, this is going to yeah. be so much fun. Like, oh, I'm going to get killed by a vampire, you know, or I'm going to get eaten by a, you know, like a piranha when you know the yeah. the beginning of the movie is richard dreyfus getting eaten by a bunch of cgi piranhas you know like right. that's probably fun for him right. so right. i know i said i wouldn't keep you that long but i've been having a really good time chatting no, with you. Like, it's, this it's has been, been a great really conversation cool. i hope others find it interesting and learn a little bit from us about you know how things work i mean yeah you know, I, I'm one of those. It's always interesting to me to sit back and, and watch others talk about something and learn things mm -hmm. like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, my wife and I just went to a, a, a barrel tasting at a couple of different vineyards in New Hampshire this weekend. And some of the conversations we had with some of the winemakers was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, I didn't know you would do that. Like, she's yeah. a biochemist and I work at the lab with her when I'm not, you know, on a set. So like that's hearing cool. them talk about. 
like, oh, well, you know, there was too much oxygen. It was five nanomoles per deciliter. And it's like all these all these people sitting there going, uh-huh. And it's yeah. like, yeah, nanomoles. Yeah, we talk about those all the time because yeah. that's how we measure our peptides. Like, that's it's, like me with microbiology. Like I almost yeah. changed my major because I love microbiology so much, you know. Right. Um, and that was one of my favorite instructors in my entire, you know, as a student, that was one of my favorite instructors, you know, as well was my microbiology teacher. So, right. So I'd you'd be it. like, you'd be right there. You'd be like, oh, five nanomoles per deciliter. That's pretty good. And I was like, well, we got it down to 0. 0.0005 nanomoles per deciliter. It's like, whoa, and that's like a 10,000% decrease. Like that's well, amazing. Like, medical world, you know, it's like when we're speaking to patients or we're speaking to families, mm -hmm. like, we it, it and it's not people say dumb it down for me it's not dumbing it down it's just we all have different fields of expertise you know right. and it's like speaking my 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 language speak in layman's terms you know just speak like you know we all have our expertise like i'm not a computer whiz by any means that's my weakness you know like i said um but you know it's just cool we all do different things Exactly. Uh, when I, I used to work as a uh, at Target in the electronics department and I'd get these older folks coming in like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I can't figure out how to do this and that. And it's like it's a generational thing. Take a teenager, yeah. plop them in front of a typewriter or a rotary phone and oh, watch them struggle. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yes. It's just generational. That's all I'm it is. I'm a child of the 80s. So for mm -hmm. me, you know, the, the waiting on someone to call and you didn't know who it was going to be. And, Get you know, off the extension. Yeah, my grandmother, my granny, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, like they had party line and they would get on and like listen to each other's conversations. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, all the things we did, taking off on our bicycle early as you could get up Saturday morning and we would drive, we would go 12, 15 miles away mm -hmm. to the towns beside us and get to get a damn icy. You know, or because we were in such a small town, we didn't have anything or go to the park or go to the zoo or whatever. And the role was just be back before the streetlights are on and yeah. you're pedaling as fast as you can, you know, trying, trying to do it. And you didn't have phones. You didn't check in. Yeah. You're just gone. Yeah. You could be dead. Parents wouldn't know. They didn't care. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they'll be it's back. Whatever. Right. It's a so, different time. So, yeah. And before you know and that's what the the funniest thing is like that's when like stranger danger was like the biggest thing it's like uh, no. stuff, like don't get into a car with strangers don't talk to yeah. people on the internet and yeah. like that's all we do now yeah well we didn't even have internet like at all no. you know, we didn't even have internet i, I mean no, i was, was my game because i did take computer a lot of computer classes in college you know and yeah. uh because I started out pre-law. So I, I took a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things like that. So it was quite different, you know, which helped me in, in my career doing Excel spreadsheets and things like that. You know, at least I, at least I knew how to do that. That helped me on my, uh, the mask singer and things like that. Cause we use like Excel spreadsheets for those. Oh yeah. But Especially yeah. with the, the COVID well, stuff. Like that's a great yeah. way to keep track of things. Yeah. It sucked. <laughs> Well, I know that, you know, you, you have other stuff to do, but bef I don't want to, uh, I don't want to let you go before we talk about your Indiegogo that's yes. Uh, yes. technically ended today, but is still continuing to yeah, an unknown so, date. You know, you don't want to get people to get completely sick of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So 
So um, basically the trend is to do a 30 day push to do a 30 day all out everyone, um, everyone promoting like crazy, you know, every day, once, twice a day on social media, like you're blasting, blasting, talking about it till people are sick of seeing it, sick of hearing about it, you know, that kind of thing. So you do that for 30 days. That's the thing. And then um, after that, you know, if you reach that goal you, or you surpass your goal, then you, um, you know, you you go into like various stages of um, of uh, in demand, basically. So it means enough people are looking at it. It's got enough traffic. You've more than made all of your goals that you basically can stay on there. And that's where we are. Um, we worked our tails off the past 30 days. Um, um, Chase Dudley is the director. The, the film is a good the girl's God to murder. Um, and we, I have never been excited about a project like this. Like never, never, ever. Um, maybe when that. I yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would say when I started out and I did the short film with Spencer Gray, who kind of wrote that for me, um, which was the the short film that kind of put me on, on the radar acting and um, with the horror genre. And it was how I got my manager even. Um, and I'd never heard of film festivals. I didn't even know about indie film, you know, but it, it kind of put me on the map. So I'm very grateful for that. I'm still friends with Spencer. We're collaborating on something else like you and I talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but A Good Girl's God. So it was great because that was my first kind of lead role that was gritty and something people didn't expect of me. I'm not all fixed up to be all dolled up and pretty per se, but I, I was made to, I mean, I, people were looking at my acting and not me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I wanted to be to be taken and, you know, and the thing I've said over and over is like, what is your dream role? Charlie's Theron and Monster is my dream role. I want something really messed up. I want something that I, I don't look like Sherry Davis. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. what I want. I want someone to look at me and take my acting very, very serious, as serious as I take it. Um, John and Hurt and the Elephant Man. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's absolutely that that's what I want. So where most actresses will shy away and they're looking, you know, like me now, you know, I'm looking, I want to look decent. Of course, it's late at night. I've had a crazy few days on this campaign, but at the same time, when I'm on set, I want to look how I'm supposed to look. If I'm supposed to be a mess, if I've been in an accident, I've been running from a killer. I've been what I, you know, I want to look how I'm supposed to look. I don't want to look dolled up. You know, I, I have a perfect example. And then we'll get back to the film. Um, Megan Fox, who is one of the most beautiful women alive. Um, she did a movie recently, Till Death, I think was the mm -hmm. name of it. And she was phenomenal. I mean, she's a badass. Her body's amazing. You can tell she worked really hard at it and she wanted to be taken seriously and did a great job. And she was doing things in the snow and tied up and all the crazy things she did and the stunts, but her makeup was flawless. So you're telling me you've been handcuffed to your dead husband overnight. You've dragged him around the and you've been out in the snow with bare feet and you've got perfect lipstick and perfect makeup, not even smeared eyes through the whole movie. And I'm like, that's not realistic. You know what I'm oh, saying? It's like, the, it's like the people in the apocalypse films with the 
perfect white smiles. Yeah, dirty up those teeth, baby. I know, I know. But so back to a good girl's guide to murder. You and I could probably talk forever, like for real. Um, oh yeah. But a good girl's guide to murder is. I I, I read the script, and uh, I just was like, "Oh my god, is that is that lead role cast? Is that lead role cast?" And he was like, "Actually, it's not. Is this something you'd be interested in?" Uh, yeah. Dream role. Dream nice. role. As far as not Charlie Theron monster, but as far as to be able to show my range as an actress mm-hmm. and be taken seriously in in the role. So, um, yeah, we've got a great cast. You know, I play opposite Bill Obers Jr., who is mm-hmm. incredible. It just doesn't get any better than that. Um, as far as the casting that Chase Dudley has done is perfection. So if you look up some of the cast attached and you're like, wow, uh, they only have like, you know, a few, um, a few credits, um, which even I'm guilty of that. I look at that and I do that as well. But I start looking at someone's work. I start looking at clips or, or, and, and then like Chase shared Ariana, Ariana's, um, Ariana Harris, who plays my daughter, Lily. She shared her, his, I can't talk, blah, 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 it's the end of the day. I sh- he shared her audition tape, and I and I said this early on another interview, it was the best audition tape I've ever seen in my entire career. That's amazing. And, and that's saying a lot, because I've watched a lot. I've watched a mm-hmm. lot to, to prepare for acting class, you know, and things like that. So I have not, I just, you know, um, Johnny Shandor that plays young Lily, the young version of my daughter. Incredible. She works with Fangoria as well, you know, and, and one of our favorites, everyone's favorite in, in the horror, you know, business, Felissa Rose, you know what I'm saying? Felissa's not involved in it, but I'm saying, you know, this is something we're all connected in the, in the mm-hmm. horror community. And um, so the cast is incredible. I mean, just absolutely top notch could not have been cast more perfect. Like if you look at Ariana and you look at me, like features, hair color, you know, things like that, it's it's cast so perfectly. Um, and just the storyline itself is, um, you know, my character is Sarah. She, uh, So I'm the mother and the wife. I'm the wife of Bill Oberst Jr. And he's not a great man. Let's just put it that way. And, you know, he plays bad really well. Mm. And he's a very nice, very Christ- strong Christian man. And he plays bad like you hate him when he plays bad. You you know, I've seen him play a rapist in a movie and he was terrifying. But to know him personally, and he is the sweetest, kindest, gentlest man. Um, So this is going to be one of those roles. He is not a good man. He is not a good person. Um, My character, Sarah, she comes from a very um, predominant family. And um, basically, you know, what Bill has done to her and um, the things he's done is now continuing to her daughter, to their daughter. And um, it's, it's a, it's a sad, it's a, it's, it's just, it's one of those. And it sounds, you know, very taboo and those things we don't like to talk about, but it is um, it's done so well because it ends up being a psychological thriller is what it ends Mm -hmm. up being. So it has suspense it's got twists, it's got turns, it's got, you know, those horror elements to it as well. Um, And I love movies that aren't linear. They kind of Mm. go back and forth. 
because honestly, I get bored really easily and I do have some ADHD. So I need something that's going to hold my attention. So the way it's written, I like how it's written. You know, it kind of one of those that starts out with something happening and then the story pulls it together and then you pick back up. And I yeah, love like a like a Tarantino or like a Guy Ritchie. I love type. movies like that. That's what I need. That's the kind of stuff I need, you know. Um, so it's done like that as well. Um, and then, you know, it shows like my character going through her journey, her therapy sessions, you know, and, and it's just the way it's written is, is just so well done. And the, and the casting is so great. And then Chase and Samantha Dudley, you know, who is the, the director and, and the main producer, you know, they're a married couple and they complement one another so much because Samantha is that she's your, your full on producer. She is a producer who is well-planned, well-organized, understands every single thing to but from the budget to your food, <laughs> like what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. She's like, we don't want people eating crap food. We don't want people eating unhealthy. They're going to crash. They're not going to feel good. It's going to cause like she thinks everything out. You know, she made sure she did what she was supposed to do. Who has the al allergies, food allergies? Like mm -hmm. she is we have the shoot, you know, we're not shooting until June. We have a full shooting schedule. We have like, things can be tweaked, but like everything is done at this point already. And we're in March. So yeah. she's fantastic. And then Chase, Chase is like, he's funny and he's, you know, um, very personable and he talks to everybody and, you know, um, and, and, you know, he's been the one talking, he and I've both been like talking and mainly doing the fundraiser has been me and Chase. But then Samantha's the one working from home. She's that office person. You know, she's the, right. the organization and all the spreadsheets and look at this tab and that tab. And, you know, she's that person, make sure all the contracts are done and that kind of thing. But the story itself and the role I have, all the lead roles are incredible for every every lead actor in it. it these are all dream roles. I mean, they're really good. They're really That's good. Awesome. And, you get to, everyone gets to show their acting range. It's, it's not a like here, we're going to go out, we're going to do this and A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and now we're done. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. uh, and then Chase's films, um, he likes to draw, he likes to talk about a topic and he focuses on very important things. Like he has a film, you know, it, it talks about human trafficking, for instance, you know? Um, so he, he chooses different topics like that. So he's always trying to like draw draw attention to this is a problem and these things happen. And these are things we don't talk about enough. And this is what can happen if it's not dealt with kind of thing, you know? And, yeah. and I think about, I spit on your grave because it is kind of a revenge story. Okay. You know, so we'll just leave it at that. Cause you know, you don't want to give away the whole thing. <laughs> no, but you've given up, you've given me enough that like, okay, you know, you had me at psychological thriller. Yeah. Like that's, that's my wheelhouse. You know, yeah. like one of my favorite movies ever is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's the it's the fact that you never have to, you know, I think the the most well done films and television shows don't even actually show you anything. It's what they put right here. It's what they make us think about, like Dahmer. You know, the, the series Dahmer, you know, I, I mean. It never really shows anything, it, but you hear the noises. 
You know right. what I'm saying? You see bits and pieces, but you never actually full on see what he's doing. You know, I've, when it comes to horror and, you know, as a, an accomplished horror uh, aficionado, you know, being on every side of this, I am always of the opinion that what's unseen is scariest. Me too. Once the monster or the, the, the creature, whatever it happens to be, once it takes a form, mm-hmm. um, you're going to eliminate a lot of a lot of people. Like I have a friend who's like home invasion movies don't scare me because, you know, yeah. I'm this massive six, six and a half foot tall bodybuilder. So <laughs> that's not going to bother me. But, you know, it's like, oh, you know, here's this thing that's been chasing somebody through the woods for, you know, the first 85 minutes of this movie. And now we get to see what it is. And what is it? It's a, oh, it's a spider. I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm not scared of spiders. So this, you know, like, yeah, it's big, but like <laughs> it's a spider. So I'm not scared of it. Like that's not going to fright. Whereas someone who's arachnophobic, somebody like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing right. I could possibly ever right. deal with. Right. Once the monster takes a form, like nothing is going to scare you like your own imagination. Oh, yeah, because what everyone is scared of is different when it comes down to it. You know, like for me, the thing that terrifies me are um, like possession. Yeah, because you can't really fight that. Yeah, Christianity, like, you know, with religion, like creeps me out. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, that's the shit that, you know, like I I hate like paranormal activity. No, you know, it freaks me out. That shit freaks me out. But there's a a story I heard of somebody who was reading The Exorcist. They were a very religious person and they got like really freaked out. So they took it and they threw it off the ferry that they were on. So their friend or roommate, like the story varies, you know, it's kind of like an urban legend thing. So their friend went to the bookstore, bought a copy of The Exorcist, ran it under a faucet for a while and like, put it back in their room. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's a good prank, but like, that's cruel. but like, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I've read the exorcist and it's one of the scariest books I've ever read Yeah, right up there with uh helter skelter, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. is the, obviously yeah. the Manson trial where it's like, <sighs> Yo, like that's yeah. I was reading that when I was 16 and my dad took it away from me and he's like, maybe in five years you can read this. It's like I read Stephen King all oh, your the dad time. had read it. Your dad had read it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he knew what was what was in it. It was yeah. in the family bookcase. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's like, Yeah, maybe in five years. Yeah. And I was good. I read it. I read it when I, you know, was, was older. But yeah, I haven't actually read it. I'm familiar, definitely. I know what it's, it's about, but, you know, I haven't actually read the book. And that's the thing, too, you know, seeing a movie versus reading a book are, you know, again, it's it's kind of where your mind takes you. And that's why a lot of people will say, oh, the book was better. You know, the book it's was also, better than the movie. There's also a lot more, and I bring this example up all the time, uh, the movie The Martian that was directed by Ridley Scott with, you know, uh, Matt Damon and all those folks yes. in it. yes. It's really good. And, you know, using the visual medium of film, you're able to show like these amazing Martian landscapes that you would not normally be able to see. You don't get that from reading the book, but reading the book, 
you get more access to Mark Watney's inner inner monologue and like the things he's dealing with oh, yeah. uh, emotionally. So like the in this case, the two complement each other and it's really hard to say one is better than the other. But you can do so much more in a book like take a look at Game of Thrones. Like there's so much in that series that you can't put into because you you would have like they'd still be on season one right now yeah like there's too much so a lot of times yeah Yeah. the book is better the only the most faithful adaptation i've ever seen of a book is the godfather like it's almost beat for beat the exact same thing i mean it's just there's so much more you can do with right. a book because you're not yeah. limited by a budget. <laughs> I know it's true. It's true. But, you know, so to go back to the campaign, so um, the, the official 30 day push for the campaign is done because we know people are tired of seeing it on our social media, that kind of thing. Um, so at this point, what you do is it's in demand because we, we only set our original goal for like 15,000 and we surpassed that pretty quickly. Um, last I looked, we were about 38,000. Um, yeah, that's about what, uh, what I saw today. About 38,000. So, um, you know, Mm -hmm. we have a number that, you know, we just kind of keep amongst ourselves. Like, like, you know, we know what we really would like to have to make this film the way we want it to look, because as you know, you think things come up throughout the shoot that you don't expect. You know, you can have a del- you can have someone get sick. You can have a delay. You can run into a location issue suddenly. I mean, there there are just so many things that can happen. Or mm-hmm. maybe you get so off on your time that you need an extra shoot day. You know, or you need to make up because something happened to you know the footage of this or the sound on this or whatever. Like you have to prepare for those things, and it takes money. It yep. takes money. And even with all of us being indie filmmakers, you know, we are very creative. We know ways of doing things a little less, but the thing is, this is not a group that wants to do things for less and and the quality be affected. We won't do that. Like we Mm -hmm. won't, we have enough, we can make the movie, but it's really, we really need more. Like we really, really need more. And, you know, we have, we have, you know, we have some people that'll come at you and they'll be like, how can you make a movie for this? And you look them up and it's like, you have five credits and they're all short films. Like, you know, it's, it's because, you know, if, if you're all sharing in the, in the project and you know that it's going to be distributed because we already have all of, you know, we already have an agreement and you know, it's going to be on video on demand. So yes, it takes a while to actually truly start making any money. It takes about two years to start seeing a little bit of a return mm-hmm. off of the investment, you know, on a movie about two years after it's released is when you start to see decent, you know, quarterlies, you know, um, if it's doing well and, you know, if it doesn't do well, you're not ever making any money, you know? But the thing is, I mean, I have put myself every day from the time I wake up until I go to bed every day on answering all of my messages on watching my emails. Um, I, I still work PRN at the hospital here locally when I came back to Texas and to take care of my mother. Um, I went back to work during the peak of COVID. 
on bed doing bedside as well, which so um, throw a little PTSD in there from, you know, mm. any nurse, any physician went through working in a hospital, any respiratory therapist, anyone, CNA. So um, I still work PRN at a hospital. I do a week in a month and, you know, I um, pick up if I if I'm home and I have availability, I'll pick up a shift here and there if, if it's needed to help my coworkers out because I don't want them working understaffed. It's it's hard. It's a hard, mm. hard job. It's a lot of responsibility. And that that's something that, you know, I kept separate for so long. And that's, again, what we were talking about, the survival thing. I'm not at a not at a point where I, I really like have to do it all the time. But I am definitely where, you know, I still feel a calling that someone's got to do it because so many have left the profession. You know what I'm I saying? I get it. Yeah. So, um, and it's hard. I, I mean, I don't, I don't love it. it. It's a very hard and emotionally challenging and physically challenging job, but it's got to be done, you know? So um, anyways, yeah, there's a lot going on, but the, my focus is, is all out on a good girl's um, guide to murder and the Indiegogo is still going on. Um, you can go to the, I think it's the entertainment section of the Indiegogo and you can, and you'll see it. You can look for it by the title. You can also go to, um, my Facebook, which is under my name, Sherry Davis and Sherry is one R and an I. Um, and I'm mainly Facebook is, is kind of the main, um, my phone's going off and Facebook is like the main, um, place for Indiegogo that most people yeah. use the most and, um, it's the most successful platform. So really we've been on, on Facebook. It seems, I feel like it's more intimate. You know, I feel like people respond and we we converse like it's text. So we Chase and I are on like it all the time. Samantha's on quite a bit. Um, Ariana's mom. um, um, Diane and then um, Johnny, Johnny's mom, Marcella, like um, Kylie, who plays Lily in the fundraiser and and, you know, I've not seen a fundraiser that people were so involved, honestly, actors, mm. you know, the actors being involved, because a lot of times the producers are involved. You know, the producers are the ones busting their asses to get the money. But a lot of times actors don't promote because they don't feel like they have to, you know, right. um, but literally every single actor and the parents are all involved in fundraising. Like everybody is all about it. And that's why, you know, like we ask you. And, and I posted and Spencer connected us to um, mm-hmm. to start doing to, to do kind of the press, you know, the press of like, hey, you guys, this is what we're doing. This is what it's about. This is who I am. These are the people working on it. We are super passionate about this project. This is a great mm-hmm. story. This is not I don't feel like this is your typical indie film. Like, I just no. I don't <clears throat> like I don't feel. And, and again, to have. To have been sitting here and saying no, 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 you know, and to be able to get one and be like, holy crap, like mind blown. Like as I'm reading it, just like having to get up and like take a breath and, and, and pace a little bit and be like, could I really be playing this role? Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and like when I read another version that got sent to me. I, again, I, I thought the same thing and, and it's very like emotional because you never know what is going to be the role that, that just is like, 
that's it. That's the one. That's the actress that we want. Or, you know, that's mm-hmm. the filmmaker, Chase Dudley. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I feel like it's something that will more people would want to watch. You know, horror is a knit, is is a genre, and not everyone likes horror films. Most of my friends don't. My my true friends that I grew up with, people I work with and in the nursing world, they don't like horror. And it blows their mind that, you know, I've done so many horror movies and they're like, I'm sorry, I want to support you, but I don't watch horror movies. <laughs> yeah. But just the fact that you're saying that like so many people who are involved with the film and not just like the producer and then the right. director, but so many people who are part of it, you know, are out there, you know, pushing it and, and promoting it. And, you know, that really, you know, like you said, you know, most actors don't feel like they need to do that, but that really speaks right. volumes to, right you know what this project is and how people feel about it so i mean i'm very uh i'm very intrigued you know this is definitely something that i want to check out uh, oh yeah you know once we get closer to uh you know release and everything like that you know you're more than welcome to come back we'll thank have you, you on. We'll, thank you we'll talk more about it um yeah. The locations are great too. We're filming up near the Nashville area and it's actually in Kentucky, but it's very near Nashville. The locations, you know, that makes a big difference with indie film as well. And the locations are top notch. Yeah. Well, I just want to let you know that I had a very, uh, a great time chatting with you this evening. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. All of, all of the, the, the notes and everything that you mentioned, all the links, everything that you sent me, they're in the show notes. Uh, so you. you can check the show description, uh, you know, the link to your Twitter, your Instagram, your TikTok, your Facebook, the Indiegogo page, everything's on there. Um, if you're listening to this as the podcast, everything's in the show notes. Um, this has been this has been awesome. Uh, I will ask you to just hang around for a moment okay. after we uh, we end this because I want to make sure everything gets recorded correctly. Okay. And, um, but uh, do you have anything else you want to close with? Because we've gone almost an hour and a half after I expected. Oh my god! I expected most... thirty to forty minutes. <laughs> oh my god. No, I mean, if, if you're not into horror films and you're and you're not into things that are kind of disturbing, I do have some family movies out there that mm-hmm. uh, parents and kids will love. It's called Raven Van Slender. They're at Walmart. They're online. They're on Amazon. Um, Raven Van Slender Saves Christmas is probably my most fun kids movie I've ever worked on. I'm a crazy alien character that can speak to animals. You know, I've got a monkey pulling out my hair and, you know, we do, silly, we do all kinds of fun, silly things. I get a pie in the face. I mean, I'm a serious actor, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. It's colorful. We've got a lot of cameos from a lot of famous musicians, guars in it, you know, I mean, oh, geez, a that's... lot of famous actors, a lot of famous um, wrestlers, some Star Trek, you know, actors, some Mandalorian actors, like, it's fun. It you won't. I mean, it's just silly fun. And you know, there are three of those. There's Raven Van Slender, the first one, the second one, and then Raven Van Slender saves Christmas. And those are just silly fun. I think about like Sid and Marty Croft. So you okay. know, the silly fun and a lot of bright colors and silly clay characters. You got to check those out too. Right, I'll get I'll get some links for that too. Okay, cool. All right, so. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you for. Thank uh, you. I can't believe it took. We were on that long. 
<laughs> Thank you to everybody who tuned in and is going to tune in. I appreciate you all. Um, so we're going to end this and uh, I will see you folks next time. <laughs>